0: What's going on, guys? It is Wednesday, January twenty second, twenty twenty. This is Locked On Phillies. I'm Tim Kelly. Yesterday, the twenty twenty MLB Hall of Fame class was announced. New York Yankees icon Derek Cheater missed out on being a unanimous selection by one vote. In the end, though, who really cares? Because he got ninety nine point seven of the vote in his first year on the ballot. Obviously, deserving Hall of Famer Derek Jeter will go in this summer. And then Larry Walker, who was in his final final year on the ballot, I've been a proponent of his case for some time. When people say voting doesn't matter, now obviously different people aren't going to abstain from voting for the Hall of Fame, but his case was decided by, I believe, six votes. So it really does every individual vote matter in this case. Larry Walker deserved to be elected. I do think it's fair to wonder how this many people got it wrong for this long that he really didn't even get a serious look until his ninth year, his tenth year he got on the ballot. He saw gigantic increases in voting in those two years, and his numbers didn't change in the last 10 years, in the last 15 years for that matter. They haven't changed because he hasn't played a game. I understand in someone's first few years on the ballot how you're kind of feeling out their case, and you can go back and forth. That's normal. By the time you're five or six years on the ballot, like I, I don't know how many change of hearts you can have. To me, Larry Walker's always been a Hall of Famer, and now he's rightfully elected to the Hall of Fame. He will be inducted this summer. Of the five former Phillies on the ballot, Kurt Schilling performed the best, coming in coming in at seventy percent. Schilling, who obviously won the 1993 NLCS with the Philly, NLCS MVP with the Phillies, had incredible individual seasons on bad teams in 1997 and 1998. He uh, topped the 60.9 mark that he came in in last year, jumped all the way to 70 percent, which. I mean, that's almost a 10-point increase. It's very impressive. And at this point, I think it's become a matter of when Kurt Schilling gets elected to the Hall of Fame, not if. And when that time takes place, it's unclear what hat he's going to go in. He could go in as a Diamondback. He could go in as a Red Sox. He could go into the Hall of Fame with a blank cap like Roy Halladay and Mike Musina did last year. So certainly that will be a fun debate. We'll get into that a little bit more later on in the show. But the thing is, Kurt Schilling is very close, closer than he's ever been. And Jason Stark put out a very good stat on MLB Network yesterday. Uh, Pretty much anyone that gets to 70% ends up getting elected eventually. I think the most recent examples were Vladimir Guerrero and Trevor Hoffman, both of whom got in the next year. Kurt Schilling has two years remaining on the ballot. Scott Rowland, who won the 1997 Rookie of the Year while playing for the Phillies. He had a a tremendous showing in his third year on the ballot. He was an eight-time Gold Glove Award winner, seven-time All-Star. He received 35.3% of the vote in 2020, which was a sizable increase, almost double from the 17.2% that he received in 2019. I think his first year on the ballot, he received like 10%. And the thing is, sabermetric voters have now pushed in edgar martinez sabermetrically inclined voters have really pushed the case of edgar martinez and larry walker and they've both ultimately gotten in now that those two are off the ballot and their energy can be used elsewhere, I think in a lot of senses you're going to see it shift to Scott Rowland because he's another one of these guys that some of these people that have votes that shouldn't have votes look at and say, oh, he's not a Hall of Famer, don't do any more research. And the more you look into it, and frankly, if you watched him play, He was a Hall of Famer. He was that good and it shouldn't be clouded by the fact that he was in the steroid era or I hear people say this all the time, well, you can't put people in the Hall of Fame for defense. How stupid and lazy is that? Beyond the fact that he was an excellent offensive player at his peak, too. To say that defense isn't of value unless you're Ozzie Smith or some people use it in the case of Omar Vizquel. Frankly, Scott Rowland was a better fielder than Omar Vizquel. Uh, That's another discussion for another time. The reality is Scott Rowland, that was just his third season on the ballot. He's in very good shape moving forward. Uh, Former Phillies closer Billy Wagner also saw an impressive increase. He went all the way up to 31.7% after gaining, uh, after garnering 16.7% of the vote in the previous year. Uh, was obviously only on the Phillies for two years, was an All-Star in 2005, probably more remembered by Phillies fans on the New York Mets, but he's sixth in MLB history in 422 saves. Uh, I believe he has four or five more years left on the ballot, so he's not in a terrible spot now whether he ultimately gets to 75 percent there's a lot of people that have a bias against closers period unless you're Mariano Rivera so we'll see what happens I I certainly think he's worth a longer look by a lot of people and maybe we'll begin to see that in the coming years Bobby Abreu will live to see another year on the ballot I know we talked about yesterday he really needed some momentum he got just over the five percent that you need to stay on the ballot so he's at five point five percent of the vote we'll see ultimately if he's Able to catch any traction and get any fire going. Look, you've seen guys now in the past few years that really started out low. Edgar Martinez, Larry Walker, got different guys that were dismissed. I would argue they had better careers than Bobby Abreu, but he certainly had a career worth examining and we'll see if enough people examine it and come to the conclusion that hey, maybe he was a Hall of Famer. We'll see what happens. The final Philly that was on the ballot was Cliff Lee. He fell off the ballot ultimately, which was not a surprise because for as great as he was at his peak for a six or seven year stretch, an incredible postseason pitcher, won a Cy Young Award with the Indians, probably should have won the American League Cy Young Award in 2010. The only thing is he got traded in the middle of the season and then he's most remembered, I think, by most most people as a Philly incredible in the 2009 World Series part of the rotation with Roy Halladay in 2011 was an all-star again in 2013 so he had an excellent peak the problem is there just wasn't enough around it he fell off the ballot i enjoyed the hell out of watching cliff lee pitch I don't think that that was the wrong decision for him to ultimately fall off the ballot. It just speaks to how difficult it is to get into the Hall of Fame. We will see Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, Ted Simmons, and Marvin Miller inducted into the Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York on July 26th as the class of 2020. So all this got me to thinking, and I've done this exercise a couple times before for people that have listened to me on various different outlets for a long time or read my work, but it makes me wonder who is going to be the next person to go into the Hall of Fame as a Philly because in the last two years you had Roy Halliday go in with no cap, which frankly was surprising. I thought he would go in as a Blue Jay, but certainly I respect the wishes of his family. And you also had Jim Tomey, who was beloved in Philadelphia, had two separate stints, but of course was going to go in as an Indian. And I increasingly now think that Scott Rowland and Kurt Schilling will eventually get in, especially Schilling because he's really on the doorstep at this point. Schilling could go in as a Philly. I think he's more likely to go in as a Red Sox or Diamondback when you factor in how people nationally view the situation. The fact is he had more team success in both of those two places, and that matters. And I would say his absolute peak was in Arizona. He also won two World Series titles with the Red Sox. It's possible he goes in with a blank cap as well. I know we talked about this a bit on yesterday's show. Kurt Schilling loves drama for better or for worse, so I have a feeling he may pick a team or have—I uh, guess it's picked for him. So we'll see what happens, but ultimately the decision is made. Uh, but I, I think Kurt Schilling is someone who is ultimately going to get in the Hall of Fame in the next couple seasons, and that will be a fun debate to have, among other debates we'll have about Kurt Schilling when that moment comes. When I look back, Scott Rowland actually did have a lot of legitimate criticisms of the Phillies organization when he left, but he didn't leave Philly on good terms. He called St. Louis baseball heaven. He didn't leave there on great terms either, but If he gets into the Hall of Fame, I think it'll either be as a Cardinal or perhaps he goes in as a blank cap. He spent enough time with the Phillies that maybe he could say, "Eh, I'll just go in with no one on my cap. He also, again, didn't leave St. Louis on great terms, so we'll see what happens. My guess, though, is if they both go in, they would join Jim Tomey and Roy Halladay as players that had really, really good years in Philadelphia, and in these two cases, more good years than Tomey and Halladay had because they just spent more, uh, a larger chunk of their career in Philadelphia. But I would say they're still more synonymous with other teams. So who could be the next person to go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Phillies cap? Bobby Abreu would obviously be someone. There's no other team he's going to go in with if he goes in. But he's at 5.5% this season, so it's cool that he stayed on the ballot. He obviously had an excellent career, was perennially underrated because he played during the steroid era, and he played on a Phillies team that never made the playoffs when he was here. But I don't think he's going to get in. Jimmy Rollins is eligible in 22, and I'm not going to go on some crusade against Jimmy Rollins. He's been nice to me in the times that I've interacted with him. He was obviously one of the greatest Phillies of all time, the all-time hits leader, the catalyst of the greatest era in franchise history. I think he falls short on Hall of Fame eligibility. I'll leave it at that. He becomes eligible in 2022, so we'll see what happens. But I I think he's going to fall short. I do think there will be support for Jimmy Rollins, though, so he'll stay on the ballot for a while. Uh, And then there's Chase Utley, who will become eligible in 2024. And with Chase Utley, it's really going to be a matter of uh, there's no one, I believe, since 1959 that's finished their career with less than 2,000 hits that becomes a Hall of Famer. So... Chase Utley finished with like 1885 I think hits so the overall counting numbers he's going to be short the it's going to come down to whether you value peak over I I don't even want to say longevity because longevity isn't the right way to play say it because when Chase Utley retired he was the oldest position player in baseball what screwed him was that he was blocked by Placido Polanco, who was an excellent player. They tried to have Chase Utley play third. didn't work out. He didn't play over 100 games in a season until his age 26 season. The other thing, obviously, was that he was limited in his age 31 to 33 seasons. So the back half of his prime that would have cemented him as a first ballot Hall of Famer, he was limited because of knee injuries that I think a lot of people thought at that time were going to threaten his career. So there's not a debate about whether Chase Utley at his peak was a hall of fame caliber player. The thing is, I don't think there's a debate of about whether Cliff Lee was a hall of fame caliber player, now at his peak. Now, Chase Eldley has more of a body of work, but it is going to come down to whether voters can look past some of the counting numbers. And someone that I would monitor closely, even though he plays another position, is Andrew Jones. Because there is no debate. Andrew Jones is one of the is the greatest fielder I think I've ever seen at any position. He had 50 home runs at his peak. He He was a superstar, but there wasn't a lot outside of his peak. And he hasn't caught a ton of traction, and I wonder if that couldn't be... Uh, kind of a, a a sign of what's to come for Chase Otley when he gets on the ballot. He has until 2024. We'll ultimately see Cole Hamels, I think, is going to fall into the Jimmy Rollins category where certainly he garners some support. I think he falls short, but he's had a, a successful career. it has been good in the postseason, go down the list as a World Series MVP. So, He's gonna to continue to uh, he's gonna draw a lot of interest and of course he still has a few years, I think, left. I think he's gonna be excellent for the Braves in twenty twenty. as much as that may pain a lot of people to hear. So he's still adding on to his case, but my guess is he ultimately does fall a little bit short. So that leaves you with Bryce Harper. And I, I talked about this last off season with Jay Jaffe of Fangraphs. He's kind of the preeminent expert on the Hall of Fame. And, you know, I half jokingly, because this was was probably about exactly a year ago, during the god awful month where it was like, oh my God, this has been going on for three months and Manny Machado and Bryce Harper aren't even close to a free agent decision. And I, I like, half jokingly said, "It, it might actually be Bryce Harper or Manny Machado, whichever won the Phillies sign, that is the next player to go into the Hall of Fame wearing a Phillies cap. Uh, I mean, a year later, I'm not even half jokingly saying that. I think that's a very distinct possibility. I would vote for Chase Utley. I don't know if enough people are going to vote for Chase Utley. And Bryce Harper, I think, is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I mean, it would take something catastrophic at this point, given how much success he had from a young age. But the final season of Bryce Harper's deal is in 2031. He's only 38 then, so he could easily play a few more years after that if he decides and he he ages well, and certainly the Phillies hope he does age well. So we'll see what happens. Even if he retires after the 2031 season, he wouldn't become eligible for the Hall of Fame until the 2037 ballot. If you need an idea of how far 2037 is away... Jimmy Rollins is going to be 58 in 2037. Mike Schmidt will be 87. And speaking of Mike Schmidt, the last time that any player, aside from Harry Callis, who went in in 2002, I believe, last time any player went into the Hall of Fame as a Philly was in 1995 when both Mike Schmidt and Richie Ashburn went in in the same year. And as someone born in 1995, it's easy for me to calculate that if Bryce Harper's the next Philly as a Hall of Famer, it would be 42 years in between the Phillies having people go into the Hall of Fame as a Philly, which. I mean, certainly there's other guys, Jim Tomey, Roy Halliday, You have guys that were excellent at their peaks like Cliff Lee and Jimmy Rollins that I don't think are going to get in. Ryan Howard, I would add to that list that were superstars at their peak and maybe the overall body of work isn't there. It, it would be pretty remarkable, though, if you go that long of a stretch, especially considering in between that stretch, you had the greatest era in the history of your franchise from 2007 to 2011 and as much as people may be a little pessimistic about the 2020 Phillies, you'd like to think between now and 2037 there's going to be another nice run of at least a few years where they're contending for the World Series. So uh, it, it's something to think about. I do think Kurt Schilling's going to get in, if not next year, the year after, and we'll ultimately see what the future of the Hall of Fame ballot holds for the Phillies. You can follow me on Twitter at Tim Kelly Sports and read my work on philliesnation.com and radio.com. I will talk to you guys next time.